you want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Beat Freo there last year for whatever that holds. Yeah. With sizzling hot takes. They're a bigger cop taste of their fans than late 1990s Pamela Anderson. And unique analysis. What was it? What was the quote, mate? I don't know. I was pissed. <laughs> you want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! Uh, here it is. It's back after a week. Hiatus. The Greenfield Post footy podcast. Plenty to tick off this week. Players of the week. Essendon versus the Dogs. There was a couple of incidents in that, that game we want to touch on. D's have finally broken the North Melbourne hoodoo. Can you believe any team or any club has ever had a hoodoo against the Gurus? Ethan's pretty happy about that <laughs> arms race. Uh, we'll talk about Carlton on Friday night. Jeez, old poor. Brisbane nearly got over Port Adelaide. Geelong are in a bit of, bit of trouble with some injuries. Rudy's rant, media watch, and we'll talk about what's coming up on this weekend. It is the Greenfield Post footy podcast. I am Rabs Warren here with Rudy Edsel. How are you going, Roots? I'm well. Mm-hmm. I'm well. Despite the Cats oh, display yesterday? Yeah, well, I'm, well, we'll talk about them. Just despite the yeah. death of Gary Ablett. Mm. And, of mm. course, Ethan Meldrum is here as well, mate. How are you? Uh, much better than Rudy. Well, you were saying to me before, mate, you are one uh, uh, Max Gorn shocking set goal. Shocking kick at goal from being 3-0. Yeah, one three-metre ball drop off being 3 that out. Yes, mm. you're right. Um before we go and play this week, how, are you pumped about that? You've finally broken the North Melbourne Hoodoo. They are a strong club with a strong supporter base, and you've finally got one over them. <laughs> well, Nathan Jones has lost all his hair in the process. It's been, what, 4,200 days? 4,200 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's felt about that long. Uh, players of the week, uh, Roots. Who, let's, let's kick it off. Who, who's your player of the week, mate? My player of the week, and he would have been my player of the week last week too, is Flying Liam Ryan. I oh, yeah. absolutely yes. love this bloke, and I've been on board him uh, since last year when he, he had four of the five nominations in the waffle for Mark of the Year mm-hmm. and he topped the goal-kicking list for last year as well. So, it was so a, I'm tipping he won Mark of the Year in the waffle if he had four of the five or did he get, jo- or did he get uh, Jeremy Howard? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bother checking back, to be honest, <laughs> because I figured that... I, I think we can safely off. assume that he, that he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been sensational. Livewire. Um, you look at West Coast forward line and they're potent, but they're kind of a bit meh. Like Josh Kennedy kicks goals... Um, uh, Jack Darling. Jack Darling's yeah. real <laughs> meh. Mark Lacroix. And Mark Lacroix. Is, is French. Yeah. Well, and, he, and he doesn't get cited outside of Perth. But um, <laughs> and what, Jamie Cripps? And, yeah. yeah. He, he's had a bit of flair. Mm. Yeah, and he's he's just so exciting and unpredictable. And he will he will fly for the mark every single time. He went down injured, though. Did he you? did go down injured. They're not sure. I did see before a tweet saying that he'd heard a crack when he went down. So oh. we might not Maybe see Maybe it was the while. earth because he landed from such high up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, he did. He kicked the winning goal in the process. So he did. Yeah, and that so was, that was it. Was a good game of footy, but it's 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 the hardest game of footy to watch if you don't have Foxtel because you know you're not going to go to a pub at four thirty in the afternoon. You're more likely to to go for the one ten on what, a are Saturday. You a well, maybe I'm a bit of a coward, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, because Fo- Foxtel exclusively have that late yeah. game, and it's always West Coast or Fremantle playing it. This week, it's Geelong versus St Kilda, which is very much deserving of the 4.40 Sunday slot. Yeah. <laughs> well, St Kilda don't deserve anything better than that, to be, no, to they, be honest exactly. with you. They, they deserve a cold Tuesday night at Moorabbin. They do. Yeah. Uh, I want to harp your memory uh, back to uh, Friday night. It was not a great game for the neutral to watch, but uh, one man uh, with a freshly shaved bonce, still side bottom, is my uh, player of the round. He was sensational. 34 touches, 15 in the first quarter. That is sensational. Three goals, including that snap along the ground uh, in the last to, to kind of put any, all well, the results to bed. And I thought he was absolutely sensational. Four tackles as well. 
Yeah, especially after Ed Kerno went to him after after that fast start, you know, he was actually he copped a tag mm. and he still played well, like nineteen touches in three quarters and three more goals. Yep. That's that's fine. That's that's a great performance anyway. He's always been classy, but he's always been that bloke who'll get, you know, twenty, twenty one, twenty two touches and, and he's damaging, but he's never really got you know, a ton of it and Friday, well, he, every now and then, but he was really good Friday night. I thought yeah, he was he, sensational. He never needs a ton of it though. No, no, he doesn't. But um, it was good. We're only paying $81 for the flag too if you uh, yeah. want to jump on the pies after that <laughs> win. And we're one win away from being third. So <laughs> just saying, just saying. Still side bottom is what's he paying for the Norm Smith? <laughs> I, would, I would assume an exponential ten, amount kick, of money. <laughs> kick 10 goals in a winning grand final one steal. So. I think ah, it, no one's it, ever mentioned that in commentary, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think people need to mention that and the fact Scott, Scott Pendlebury used to be a basketball player. They need to get mentioned more. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't hear him mention that because I don't watch Collingwood. Mm. I think if you bet $5 on Cybron to win this year's Norm Smith, you'd probably end up winning zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, on, that, on that crispy one, Eith, who's your player of the round? <laughs> uh, mine's at the other end of the field. It's Alex Pierce. Mm-hmm. I know no one watched that game, and probably fair enough. Who does he play for? Frio. <laughs> Just kidding. Because it was um, Gold Coast home game against Frio and their record turnout at home, whatever it was. He's played on. He played on Tom Lynch on the weekend. Kept kept him to one goal mm-hmm. from a downfield free kick. Mm-hmm. His other two games, he's played on Charlie Dixon and Joe Danaher. He's conceded one goal to those two as well. So two goals in three games to three of the best key forwards in the comp. Off a broken leg last year, didn't play a single game last year. Mm-hmm. One of the informed key defenders in the comp. Guy deserves some serious praise. He does. Um, but this is the Greenfield Post Footy Podcast, mate. We don't come here with key defenders and boring players like Alex Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> come with Could, showboaters, mate. I come here with Jack mate, Higgins. You know what? Mate, How's his celebration? Yeah, if you walked, yeah, the if you walked down Clarendon Street, I wouldn't recognise him. No, absolutely. But still, no. Nah, you know what? You, well, let's try and recognise him. You are hundred percent correct. He, he's done some. You missed Good, last. You. He missed last well, last year. Um, and Freo, obviously, we're calling out for someone like that because Michael Johnson's you know, getting past it now. And uh, he's been sensational. So, no, good call on that. Any side with Daniel Pierce in it is calling out for some help. <laughs> and he's offered it in space. Hey, uh, before we move on from that game, um, Nat Fife is back. Oh, my word, is he back? Mm. <laughs> he was so back. Yeah, it was, what, 38 touches? I think 24 of them contested in like 12 or 14 clearances. Or 14. Something. 14, yeah. He's back. He just needed the the year off. Well, not not the year off, but he was. It took a year to get over the broken leg. And uh, yeah, now he's flying again, and he's a a real worry for any footy team. He's an absolute beast. Yeah, yeah, and Freya looking good. Now let's uh, turn to yesterday's game, um, Essendon versus the Dogs. All all the talk within the media circles, uh, or they're asking the question: Are Essendon pretenders? Uh, I mean, they they traded hard, but I, I I never felt personally they were contenders. And yesterday, they they were pretty average against. Let's face it. a, a Dogs team that were a lot better than what they have been the first two rounds, but still a Dogs team that were under the pump. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, they didn't really show up from the first bounce. And then the Dogs pretty much uh, took control of the game from early. Uh, really, only inaccuracy cost the Dogs winning this by lots, lots more. Mm. Um, remarkably, Essendon were in it up until the end, but uh, until t- Joe Danaher. Yeah, I was going to say they've given us two of the the uh, the best pieces of comedy of the season so far. Well, we'll go Joe Danaher first. Touch let's, on that. Yeah, let's. He's taken an absolute hanger right on the edge of the goal square. That would have won Mark of the Year after Jeremy Howe yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's two references. I'm going to see if I can get a third one. In. <laughs> um, so he's taken an absolute hanger. Great mark, and you think here we go. He kicks this. It's what ten points the margin or something like that. Ten points the margin with five minutes to play. Absolutely, they're in here, and then. 
and then for some reason Tom uh, Josh Green's buzzing around his feet and goes, yeah, 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 pass it off, pass it off. And he's instead of telling him to piss off taking the set shot, kicking the goal, he's honoured Josh Green's run, but in the worst possible way. He's like handballed to where his feet would be in two steps time. Mm. And then the dogs took it up the other end. I think Tory Dixon kicked the Toby goal. Toby McLean. So Toby McLean kicked mm. the goal. And uh, it was pretty much game over from there. That, that's exactly what you deserve for letting Josh Green cherry pick. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly don't, what you deserve for don't letting... Don't encourage him. That's no. what you deserve for having Josh Green in your team. It was um, when, when Jason <laughs> Joe Anderson ran too far in the, what, the second term. <laughs> <or whatever laughs> was. That, that's he, another he ran, piece of hilarity. He ran, ran 25 metres across goal without bouncing. He was like... What? What did I do? You mate, you ran too far. No, but guess, he guess who gets the free kick? It's Josh Green. But he yeah. I, thought, I saw he bounced it and then I counted his steps and it was it was fifteen. I from what I saw he bounced it took fifteen steps. Oh well he it looked like he'd well, well overrun the fifteen metres to me. Mm. They're, they're long strides. <laughs> they are long strides. But again, unlike Yeston, couldn't happen to a better team. Anyway, uh the other incident you're talking about <laughs> is of course the weird accusation from the said man, Tory Dixon, who didn't kick that match-winning goal, but he certainly made a great chase down and tackle on the Irishman, Connor McKenna. Can you explain to us what you think happened there or what's what's been said? Um, oh, he's just channeling the destruction of his fellow Irish Connor, isn't mm. he, Connor McCracker. He's, yeah. he's just, he's, so in the process of taking McKenna down, Dixon sort of like flipped him onto his, onto his side and, and McKenna apparently, according to Dixon, has uh, responded by going the chomp on his neck, like full vampire style. And as we do like to break news here at Greenfield Post, we may have audio of it. They came bounding over. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God. So that's Story Dixon there with his exclusive to Greenfield Post and uh, a current affair there. So he's claiming, Dixon is claiming that Connor McKenna, and as you've touched on, it's been a horrific weekend for Irishman with the name Connor. Uh, and he's bitten him on the on the neck, like That's, sort of vampire style. Yeah, apparently he's just yeah couldn't resist the the urge of the tasty skin of Tory Dixon. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really I, get I'm what gonna going on there. just chuck this out there. Can we never use the sentence "tasty skin of Tory Dixon" again? <laughs> Not even hey, a, just in it's life. It's a long season. We're only three rounds, oh, so I can't I can't promise anything. Absolute wordsmiths at the Greenfield Post, aren't we? We are. So I've heard. I read um, on Twitter that the AFL are investigating two, in two incidents from that game. Where's the precedent? Because there was no MRP when uh, Old Liberal was playing, and he used to do <laughs> all sorts didn't, of scratching and biting. And Didn't Chris Maston get done for biting a couple of years ago? He might have. Mm, I reckon. only might have missed a final. Mm. I'm going to look this up. Well, let's, 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 let's run through it. it. So it's high impact. It was on the neck. It was uh, probably <laughs> it was high contact. It was it was probably uh, intentional. It, it was high, it was definitely intentional. And uh, what what do you reckon? So high impact, intentional. So four weeks, reckon for the bite in the neck. That's straight to the tribunal, wasn't it? They yeah. are. They ha yeah, misconduct straight to the tribunal. I don't think they're bothering with any of the high impact stuff. But, oh, uh, well, you reckon? I was only taking the piss, mate. Oh, well, sorry. I was I was looking up the Chris Maston stuff. I, was, yeah, I, I can't police your tone and fucking Google. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he got two weeks of biting Nick Subin in a in a um, in a Frio in a in a derby a derby I mm. should say uh, in August two thousand and fifteen. I can't remember if he missed a final or not over it. Um, I remember there was definitely talk of it at the time. It was the year that the Who Eagles bites made. people though. That's like Luis Suarez. It's like Luis Suarez sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, it's shoppers. very strange. Very strange behaviour. Well, who have the, the Bombros got um, coming up? 
this this weekend because it's before, it's uh, one game before Anzac Day, so you know they're coming up against the red hot Collingwood uh, team in two weeks' time. Up against Port Adelaide. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think they're probably not. They are cooked there. And then, uh, as I said, they've got Anzac Day, so they'll probably win there. So they're going to be, what, one and three coming into Anzac Day? Probably the same as Collingwood. So that's that's building up to be a pretty boring game. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a cracker like it always (laughs) is. Collingwood play Adelaide away. Oh, yeah, it's going to be be great. Um, So Melbourne. Yes. Ethan, you were at that Good. game doing doing live sort of digital stuff from the ground. What was digital the digital stuff? Yes. What was the what was the feeling? Were, were you a bit were you packing dax or uh, you thought, oh, that's only North Melbourne? Extreme overwhelming happiness. Mm-hmm. What about in the lead up? What about <laughs> the, the, when they uh, not, kicked not, the first not, couple of goals? Not in the first fifteen minutes or so. I was like, oh shit, it's happening all over again. And mm. Jared Wake kicked two goals, and you just you know you feel it. You absolutely feel it. But um, nah, they grit their teeth from there, which was nice. For once. Even without Clayton Oliver getting a lot of the pill, I thought Jacobs did a really good job on him. Yeah, it's um probably flies under the radar how good a tag at Ben Jacobs is. Mm. Like he nullified Severos last week on Good Friday. So not the most high profile of gigs tagger at North Melbourne. No, <laughs> so no. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's bottom of the pile, isn't it? But uh, Hogan once again, um getting a ton of the pill, playing you know more around the ball. It's it's He's, He's got the best running take for someone with the worst running style. Mm. Yeah. He, he, he looks like he's stumbling out of a pub or something, <laughs> trying trying to get from end to end, like getting from contest to contest and whatever. And he ends up with twenty six touches. Yeah, most of those outside fifty. Well, someone had a, someone had said to you, uh, Jesse Hogan. We're, we're going to play Jesse Hogan on the ball this year. At the start of the season, you would have thought, what? He's your main asset up forward. But it's made good, sense. Goodwin has tried it a couple of times, but this is the first time it's kind of been done in longevity and it seems to be working like he's a different sort of presence mm. like there's, there's probably Patrick Cripps aside there's no one that size that really goes in the midfield nowadays mm. Mm. Um, four majors for Tom Pug and three for Dean Kent <laughs> <laughs> you know you've had a good day when those boys are feasting don't you and um, oh, I imagine if anyone's on there for leading goal kicker or something like that <laughs> yeah you know in a like a slightly more serious I would note. have told you you'd be wasting your money that's that's like steel side bottom Norm Smith sort of <laughs> yeah <it's> areas <laughs> um, slightly more seriously though Je- um, Jeffy Garlett is one he's one of the one of your one of the better like pure small forwards in the comp I'd have thought at the moment he's really fine yeah it was silly of Carlton to get rid of him wasn't it he was like pick 61 or something like that in the end and now he's kicking two goals a game pretty regularly for Melbourne mm. and he just adds so much uh, unpredictability as I, we spoke about I, before. I, from, yeah. I, from memory though I think that was one of those moves where it was best for both parties I think that he'd lost kind of this care factor for playing for Carlton he didn't Mick really Malthouse was sacked about three games after making that call so yeah, mm. it was. Wasn't really no, I don't think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. To be honest, no. yeah, I believe the writing was already on yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it, it was. It was the two and eighteen just record had, on Friday just, nights that probably did it. Mm. And hey, haven't they improved since? Oh yes. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. Let's move to Friday night. Horrific, horrific game. Horrific game to be broadcast under the Friday night lights. Yes, there was nearly seventy thousand people there. Yes, it is a traditional rival game, but really, it does. It does kind of um, put the spotlight on the AFL bringing in a rolling sort of fixture, doesn't it? Because And why would Carlton get a Friday night game? I, I'm not sure you even need a rolling fixture to fix this up. You just stop giving them fucking Friday night games. Yeah. It's, it was Surely no one looked, has looked at Carlton in the off-season and gone, 
yeah, they're going to really fly up the ladder this year. They're going to be one of the powerhouses. They're going to be like, you know, they're going to be bringing in the bums to seats with their exciting play. Like, no, no one on earth thought that was a possibility. No. And so it has come to pass. Yeah, Carlton, they were awful. They they kicked the first four goals, was it? Yep. Then let in the next nah, ten. Three. 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 Yep. Then they let in ten straight at one stage. It looked like they were never going to kick. It looked like they could have played until today and they wouldn't get, weren't going to kick another goal for a little while there. Mm. They were just awful to watch. They're so... They just, and guess can't. what? They've got three more. Three more. <laughs> this Western Bulldogs, Sydney away... And St Kilda. Oh, no. St Kilda Carlton on a Friday night. I'm unavailable to work. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, oh, that's uh, going to cost, like, people will turn their television off. But instead of watching, they won't even change channels. They'll just be like, They may as well no. just keep broadcasting mm. Better Homes and Gardens or something. Yeah. God. Let's yeah. Let's let's watch it. Just, 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 let's a watch, re, yeah. just a rerun of Lethal Weapon Four or something. Yeah, I was going to say Poirot on yeah, uh, what, <laughs> Seven Two Midsummer Murders yeah. or something. <laughs> it was the Butler. <laughs> it was always the Butler. I'd seriously much rather watch that. In fact, I'd much rather watch the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony just on loop <laughs> for the rest of my life than sit down and watch that game. Yeah. Um, for, as a Collingwood perspective, it's kind of another one of those wins that it's. Like, is it a false moon or a false dawn? What's what's the what's the saying there, Rudy? Um, uh, it's a false dawn is mm. the one you're looking for. And I mean, to answer your question, Josh Thomas kicked five goals. He did. So, yes, <laughs> it's a false dawn. It is. And, <laughs> and you know what? They'll rock up uh, to uh, Adelaide Oval on Friday night, get an cop an absolute spanking, um, like like their VFL team had dished out the the day after. Yeah, um, that it's was got, good content. Though. It was great content, but um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's good to get a win on the board for the, for the Collingwood faithful. But uh, they got Adelaide, then Essendon, and you know, then Brisbane, and who who aren't playing that bad football at the moment. So you, you, if, you just if don't that's know. in Brisbane, Ooh. it is in Brisbane. It'd be an interesting Brisbane, betting yeah. market. It is, an and um, well, it's on Brisbane. They did look very, very good. Probably led by um, arguably Martin. the most informed ruckman. Next to Brody Grundy as well, who was sensational on Friday night. But Steph Martin didn't really go up against anyone on Saturday, though. The mm. Port were missing. Major- I think Dougal Howard had to run in the ruck for a little yeah. bit as well. So I think you're um, probably doing Maxi Gorn a disservice. There and well, Maxi Gorn as well. Well, He's had I, the lazy fifty hit outs. So. He did, but um, <laughs> against Todd Goldstein. Correct. Now that, but Steph Martin had he had over like thirty touches. Like you had forty nine yeah. hit outs. Twenty nine touches. Thirty. Five hit outs. He almost yeah. won that game for them. He got very, very close. Yeah, he had, yeah. The, had the ball with five seconds left and kicked it on the outside of his boot. And it went straight to... He kicked it like a ruckman. Yeah. Yes. Max he Gorn. did, yes. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, there, there was a time when he was playing down back for Melbourne, and that was, yeah. Yeah, they that, were, that they were pretty fun. good value. I, I thought they really should have won that game. I think Port, Port t- did not <clears> treat them with any respect whatsoever, and... Very nearly paid for it. Oh, it was one of those games where you look at it at the start of the round and you're like, oh, I'm not really going to tune in. It was probably the best game of, of the round to watch. Maybe yeah. West Coast along as well. But it was a really entertaining game. It was high scoring. There was some you know, really good part, you know, pieces of skill. Some really good ruck work. And the crowd was well into it. I love the Ferals of Port Adelaide after the yeah. siren. Just like <laughs> looking down the camera and you're just like, ooh, ooh I, boy. <laughs> I don't really want to go to Adelaide yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Woodstock <laughs> cans are going to get a workout tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, mate. Um, but yeah, Brisbane have, have looked a lot better 
uh, under Fags this season and the back end of last season. Back in the last season, they started to play some really good footy, and you could tell things were, were working. I'd want, I wonder how much um, the Hodgie being in that team. Not, I mean, he hasn't you know really lit up the field with you know with possessions and stuff, but he's obviously adding a bit of structure to that young group. Yeah, leadership. Well, it's just yeah, leadership is something I've been sorely lacking. Tom Rockliffe was captain for a long time, and mm. he's not not a leader of men. I don't think. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you almost you almost get a sense of like apathy from someone someone like Tom Rockliffe when you know things aren't going your way, and you know like he'll keep finding the ball, but there's no there's no real spirit to the way he plays. Whereas, yeah. whereas the opposite's true with someone like Luke Hodge. Mm, and they yeah. put in three spirited performances in a row. You know, they were they were level with Melbourne the last term, round two. They were level three-quarter time with the Saints in in Melbourne. And they've almost beat Port Adelaide and Adelaide. Like, it's... Without Dane Beams as yeah. well. Yeah. Who was uh, it was meant to be his 150th. And the, the the banner guys had a banner all worked out. Had to take it down and, and uh, take the, uh, the jersey um, and the names off it and stuff. Yeah. And check the spelling. Let's, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, because uh, Tanugget is um, going to stick with us for a while. That was good content as well. I yeah. enjoyed that. I'll be, I'll be keen to see how they go. They've got Richmond this week mm. um, at the G, which is you know, probably as tough a task as there is in footy. Just ask, um, just ask Hawthorne. But... And Adelaide and all that, but um, Geelong yeah. last year, yep, still G-L- dirty, still dirty. Everyone, yeah, mm. um, see how they go on yeah. banners. Actually, just before we move on, West Coast have just canned theirs. Have you oh, noticed that? Are they not at doing home? It? No, they're they're running out under that like giant inflatable eagle thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. It's it's real. I'm not I'm not sure about that. That's no, real. It's that's, a, that's real. It's about as real, real West Coast behaviour. That is. Well, St. Kilda's banner was was well. Their their banner person's obviously been the most informed person within that club for the first three <laughs> games because I think their banner was on uh, set on um on whenever they played it was um a re, uh, oh, what was it the, uh, to come back after Good Friday. It's been done before. A resurrection yeah, after yeah. Good Friday. It's <laughs> been done before. I thought that's that's pretty that's clever, but. But your team shit. So basically, it's kind of uh, yeah. They're sucks they're in real strife. I think they're. Uh, mm. Have we we've been have we spoke about the coach sack race this year? We well, sort of like, you put Grant, it on the table and uh, said only Bucks is in the gun. Yes, Alan Richardson. He's I front of the reckon queue. there must be a huge chance he doesn't make it through twenty eighteen. Has uh, to be. I would say if there's they, a huge chance. Playing, yeah. There's a huge chance that he probably won't make it past like round five or six, mate. Ooh, there is that's a big shout. There is well, there's. Uh, there's rumours going around that he doesn't motivate players. Oh. And I know, I know the other bloke in the, catch, in the uh, coaching sack race, Nathan Buckley, says it's not his job to motivate players. It kind of is one, kind of, one is, of the yeah. biggest jobs that you're supposed to do. Not a motivator. Um, and, and, and there's well, also we, issues around the players actually well, liking him. We look, spoke, look, at, look at Scoops Warren go. Yeah, yeah. Yarns Warren over here. Mm. We, we spoke about leadership and a lack thereof at Brisbane. It's, I think there's a massive leadership vacuum mm. at St Kilda. Who was, who, you look at that team and Jaron Geary is a tough player. And, and you don't know internally, because Nick Maxwell was a very, from all reports, a great leader internally as well. But you don't look at that team and you, that you there's not a lot of leaders. Jake Carlisle certainly yeah. not a leader. Seb Ross, is, he's emerging as a leader, but he's not a leader yet. Um, no yeah, one in the forward line stands out. Exactly the point I was going to make. It was um, really interesting to hear, um, and we're all familiar with this, Lee Montagna talk on Dead Set Legends a couple mm. of weeks ago about how the leadership at St Kilda, there's no real challenging of each other. Like there's no... 
there's no Luke Hodge sort of leader in the sense that, you know, okay, you, you stuff up. Mm. Like, mm. maybe that's okay. You'll try again next time is the sort of vibe you get at St Kilda because everyone's sort of like introverted. A bit too or nice, maybe. A, a bit too nice. But, you know, what they lack is a sort of a Luke Hodge type where, you know, you fuck up on the field. What are you doing? Like, mm. like, like we have to be better if we want to be better as a, as a whole unit. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no one asking that question at St Kilda. It's not coming from Alan Richardson. Be right. interesting to see how they go next year under Rory Sloan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Hey, just on that, um, I noticed, I noticed in round two, and there might be something in it. When GWS beat Collingwood, a team that they would have expected to rock up and beat, and they actually had to fight really hard to win. Mm. At the end of the siren, there was no emotion at the final siren from no player whatsoever. No arms raised, no hugging, no well done, no pats in the back, nothing. The siren went, they were like, game's won, and then they walked off. I, I don't know about that football club. They, they've got all the talent in the world, but the really, giant, the I don't think there's not the Giants. I don't think there's much passion there. To be honest, I don't think there's much passion from the players for the club, for the jumper, for each other. I think that because they're all just there's a lot of history to be proud of there. Very good. I don't think collectively, as a football club, there's much there. I reckon that they are somehow less than the sum of their parts. GWS, they got so many absolute jet players, but then it all sort of like just falls apart a bit when it becomes time to knuckle down and put on the hard work. They mm. all love to. Uh, it's too much cream. Mm. You could say uh, uh, not enough cake. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, a lot of a lot of sizzle and not enough steak. Maybe um, it, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, it could uh, be used to sum up um, Geelong as well at the moment because their their midfield. There's not even any sizzle. There, their mate. midfield. <laughs> their midfield is the cream, and then the rest of the team is the cake. Yeah, because. Well. It's the, I mean, it's all well and good to have this much vaunted Holy Trinity midfield. And as a Geelong fan, I'd like to apologize for that, <laughs> for all that garbage. And I can understand why it's making neutral fans hate us. Um, and then, oh shit, Luke Shelley's streaming through the corridor yeah, for a exactly goal from the center. It's like this, this incredible world's best midfield is getting beaten every single week <laughs> and not really putting up a, like, not really, we're not really giving the, the back line a chance. We're like getting, In- getting absolutely shredded. Well, in in fairness, you, pro- you probably beat Hawthorne's midfield minus Tom Mitchell last yeah, week. But then he beat the whole midfield by himself. Correct. The, the, the thing about this Cats team is that they're not, they're, there's like, what annoys me is that there's excuses baked in already. You know, oh, that, yeah, they got done by West Coast, who probably have one of the worst midfields in the comp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, but they had three blokes injured. They, you know, they were in Perth, you know, the six day turnaround, that kind of stuff. It's like, Someone needs to address this team. Is not very good. Like they're not going to. They absolutely, absolutely can rule them out of like flag contention this season already. You don't have really. enough. You don't have enough um, substance. Su- yeah. You don't have enough going forward. To be honest with you, because Tom Hawkins is. I mean, he's been so so for probably you know last season and the first games of this season. Daniel Menzel, we know is is a good player, but he's very easily very easy to stop because he's he's one dimensional. He can mark and kick goals. He doesn't chase. I think this is possibly a touch harsh. I think Menzel would probably be in an all Australian team right now. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom, a, Tommy Hawkins. Yeah. Tommy Hawkins nearly ripped the game apart by himself the other day. And honestly, uh, the Cats have been quite uh, efficient with their forward fifty. Uh, you know, when they get inside forward fifty, they can make you pay without. I don't think they've even come close to winning a the uh, the inside fifty count in a game. Um, to me, the bigger problem is the back line and how porous it is. Like mm. you, 
that that well, it's it perfectly illustrated by Zach Guthrie having to to play on Jared Roughhead oh. on Easter Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, well, it doesn't help when Domsey retires, Tom Lonigan, and then. Harry Taylor goes down in the first yeah. quarter. Lockie Henderson's out as well. Lockie Henderson's out. Mm. Um, well, that, yeah. that, 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 that's the problem in and of itself. It's, you know, it's the team is old and injured guys such as, you know, Lockie Henderson's not young. Harry Taylor's not young. And, you know, they, they're getting hurt. Gary Ablett's the same. Or yeah. they're young. You know, they're, they're Jack Henry sort of types. Yeah. Who mm. could have uh, picked it? Gary Ablett would uh, go to an away game and then get a soft tissue injury. Ooh, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you missed your chance to, you know, Gary Ablett rested round three. That was so easy to do. Yeah, it would have been so easy to do. Um, but then, yeah, no, you're right. It's a there's a big gulf in that middle part of the that middle part of the team. Yeah, which brings us to um, another weird thing that's come out of this game. And I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Roots. And you haven't. This might be your first rant of the year because you said you're already down defenders, and then this happens. The big fella's angry. It's Rudy's rant. All right, I didn't have anything prepared for this, but okay. Um, the, <laughs> the LED screens at at, uh, at Jeff out there. Mm. What? So, how on earth have they been allowed to be built to a point where the the screens are actually cutting up players' arms? Yeah, it's Mark Blixarves and um, Zach Tui both ran into the the LED signage out there that shows the ads, and both came out of it bleeding. Yeah. Blixar's had to get 15 stitches on two different cuts. How oh. on earth has it gotten to that? Do they not have any health and safety regulations out there in in Perth? Is it... Well, I don't know. It's too far away for me to even bother <laughs> going to. <laughs> well, they, well, they told you it was hostile. <clears throat> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean like laying traps. Like, what is, what is this? Like, wacky races or something? Yeah, is, yeah. There, is there someone getting around in a car, like, wacky laying out, races. like, thumbtacks for players to run to? <laughs> Kevin McAllister's yeah. just lying, you know, from home alone, just sort of yeah. laying traps with <laughs> people. But there's like paint cans swinging to blokes' heads Ooh. and stuff as they come up the race. It's just like, it's just like an Eagles mascot, like blowtorch in the goalpost. So in case someone rests their Joel Salwood just turns around. Gaza, I've reached the top, yeah. and then he falls down a massive fucking hole. Real weird though. When I read about this, and um, and I heard about it as well, I thought, oh, they must have been touching. The sides, which, hey, put some padding around. That's pretty dangerous. But from the footage I saw, they just, they just touched the actual facade of it, the yeah. front of it. They ran up to it and then, like, put their arms on it to brace themselves. And it's just, like, sliced them up. Yeah. It's, what? You can't. <laughs> what? Be, you can't. That can't be. Ha- it is a brand new state. It is two <laughs> games of football in. Yeah. You can't be three games of football in. You can't fucking have that. How, how much money do they spend on it? Like, hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> And I love, I love how it's been, well, it, was bro- it broke at 8.30 on the hot breakfast this morning. So it's been, you know, close to six hours and we've heard nothing. I think the AFL has said they're going to um, look into it or something. Oh, okay. Just, just put a layer of plastic on it or something. Yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. Well, going on the uh, match review panel, it was high impact. It was <laughs> intentional. So the signings are around. Going to be a cu- couple of weeks. Hey, uh, I might hijack a little bit of this. Can I have a tiny bit of a rant here? Go. I sat on the couch on Sunday ready to watch the um, enthralling battle between the Bombers and the Western Bulldogs put on Channel 7 and competitive race walking was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got to watch it in glorious standard death. I know. That is another rant. <laughs> How can you broadcast the footy in 2018, even on one of your sister channels, and not have it in HD? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think as well, I haven't 
actually looked into this, but I think that even the Foxtel HD is just upscaling from the standard def. It is. Because it doesn't look as good. It to, is. to be fair, a few of the games this week did deserve standard definition. On game... <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is probably your best one. I'll uh, put that in the uh, opener for next week's show there, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're I'm, right. I'm getting a bit sick of my Frio chat from whenever it was. Yes. <laughs> but you're 100% right. If it's a game that Foxtel isn't got the exclusive rights to, they do just, in your term... Upscale the the digital the footage coming from Channel Seven. It's yep. 2018, so I don't know how they do. I don't know whether they rub Huddo's 13 commentary on it to make it shinier a bit more, <laughs> but they certainly it wasn't up to scratch for Channel Seven. And um, I did get emotional because I was hungover watching um, <laughs> Jemima Montag win the uh, <laughs> the walking the walking. It was oh, and Claire Talent got disqualified two Ks out, yeah. r- running some real Jane Savile areas of the, the tears. Uh, by, oh. by a judge and, who'd known her for 20 and, years. And how's Channel 7 grabbing her for an uh, interview when she's on all fours, bawling her eyes out? You <laughs> probably you probably <laughs> just, just let like, that go, yeah, yeah. wouldn't you? A very, a very emotional Claire Talent there. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> we'll see, see if we can get a word. Yeah, you don't see, you don't see um, you know, the, the Dipper going into 2002 Grand Final, going up to Paul, Paul Acuria when he's in the arms of Big Bolt House going, so, mate, how tough was that loss? <laughs> Imagine being it would fucking losing suck. that game and then being approached by Dipper. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you get, get out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Media Watch. We had it last year. We'll bring it back for the first time this season. And as always, it is something that has been said on the 2.7% rating <laughs> SEM Breakfast Show <laughs> by Mike Sheehan, the former head of football. The former king, mm. really. Mm. Head football writer from Herald Sun. He said, and he's floated the idea that there's a quote unquote push for a three-game grand final series. So the way the like American sports do the like mm. the NBA and mm-hmm. and baseball, yeah, a three-game sort of series. How are they? Like, what's the uh, what's the thinking there? Do they play? Does the team that finishes first get two home games and the other team gets one? Well, I think uh, it'll be one home, one away, one MCG. Is the theory behind it? Okay, who? Where does so, this come from? So, oh, well, so 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 if, it, so if it's Richmond Collingwood, it's MCG, 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 MCG. Punt Road. Um, I don't, well, I would say that quote unquote push, if there has actually been any, would be from um, interstate clubs who yep. probably don't want to come to Melbourne and their fans. But I have a bit of a theory, boys, on this. Can you imagine a grand final of Metricon Stadium? <laughs> I'm, can, not, I'm not sure we're going to have to worry about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the opening ceremony from uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Com Games at Metricon. Um, I have a theory. My theory is the AFL has given this to Mike Sheen, who has still has some strong contacts, particularly in the AFL media department um, with the AFL. I think that they've given him this horrendous idea to peddle it and push it into the public so that when they announce later on in the year of Twilight Grand Final is going to be taking place, the impact will be softened by the fact of people saying, oh, okay, at least it's not a three-game series. What do you think of that? It's a good conspiracy theory. Mm. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't mind the... I actually don't mind the idea of a Twilight Grand Final. Um, I mean, I More hours to sink piss before the game starts. Well, it, it, it cost me piss sinking hours because I'll be at work. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it won't. <laughs> you know that. Fair, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's plausible, mm. isn't it? I... I I mean, really, the only people that are going to be really properly angry about a Twilight Grand Final are the same kind of people who are still really properly angry about the theme songs. 
<laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it's the same type of people. I'd, and like, I think what will happen is that it will be so good the first time that people will be like, yeah, that was actually sick. Yeah. Just, yeah let's keep it. That and, way. and there is the traditionalists, but adapt or die. You know, the great, the grand yeah. final is always going to be, have a good television audience. It's always going to have a hundred thousand people there from now on at the MCG. But, for if you want to grow the game internationally, which they are always saying, and then a Twilight Grand Final suits your European audiences, suits your Asian audiences more as well. If they want to take the broadcast, nothing suits America suits because they're, the half, they're a day and a half behind. The diehards yeah. of Shanghai. Yes, exactly. All the Gold Coast and Port Adelaide fans in Shanghai can get their fix when their Who team will never watch doesn't their play the Grand, grand final. final. All right, yeah. next week, boys, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Give us a game you are most looking forward to. Uh. That's a good question. I just closed the afl.com.au tab on my <laughs> on my computer, so I don't have it sitting in front uh, of me. Well, well um, while you're padding, I'll, I'll just say that from 11th down to 16th, it, it is, teams are on one and two, and then there's two teams, Brisbane Lions and Carlton, yet to win. So already we're seeing the evenness of the league because Port Adelaide are the only team undefeated after three rounds as well. So... It's a very even competition we're seeing mm. again, and that was some good padding by me. Rudy? I am looking forward to <laughs> watching Port, actually. They play Essendon at Etihad Stadium. Both of those teams like to uh, take the game on, mm-hmm. so that could be hilarious. Mm. Really, really funny. So I'm looking forward to that. Heath? It's a pretty shit round, to be honest. Um, I'm looking forward to Collingwood's spirited loss to Adelaide on Friday night. <laughs> Leading up to another loss on Anzac Day. Okay. Just to, just to give her on the shits. Um, <laughs> uh, West Coast Gold Coast is a no. North Carlton's a no. So Hawthorne and Melbourne will be all right. Two teams that probably should be eyeing off finals this year. Mm. Two mm. teams that are probably about the same level, I'd mm. say, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I know you discounted West... Or, G- or GWS Frio, okay. you know. Right. No, okay, go on. I know that you well, I know that you discounted West Coast Eagles versus the Perth Coast Suns, but um for the <laughs> after their home game in Perth, um Gold Coast might actually go all right against West Coast. So don't discount that game too much. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing uh Bulldog Sydney because you talk about two teams that like to run. Um they're two teams that like to run. The Bulldogs looked reasonably good again uh well, for the first time this season yesterday. Uh Sydney need to get another win on the board. It'd be interesting. I think Buddy Franklin might Absolutely run. Who, he might kick back he's, 25 yeah. on Aaron Norton. He week. could be second in the brand lead behind Tom Mitchell, if I'm honest with you. Because he, oh, yeah. he was really good on the weekend. Yeah. And I'm hoping so, because I've got a multi with him into GWS. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, boys. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly, of course. But uh, yeah, GWS into Still side, but I'm not Smith. Just saying. <laughs> no. No. Uh, thanks, boys. Another, You're welcome. For another podcast, we will be back next Monday. Uh, as always, you can get on the greenfoodpost.com.au and, of course, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Catch you next week.